Hi, everyone. Now, normally we like to start our episodes with listening to or sharing some of the words of our guest speaker. But on today's episode, we're talking to a learning analytics researcher. And so some of the language gets pretty technical. And so I wanted to start by just providing some definitions that I think will help you to get the most out of this episode. The first phrase you might hear that comes up a lot is natural language processing. This is abbreviated as NLP. And NLP is the name for all basically computer programs that interpret human language. For example, we all have NLP in our phones. Um, many of us have, you know, an Alexa or a Google Home. And when you say, hey, Alexa, what's the weather today? And Alexa responds by telling you it's going to rain all weekend. Alexa is using NLP to understand what you said. NLP can be used to interpret both spoken and written text. On today's episode, we're talking to Dr. Nia Dowell, a researcher who uses NLP to understand conversations between students. The second phrase that's going to come up in today's episode is emergent roles. When analyzing student conversations, Nia is looking for what she calls emergent roles as opposed to trait-based roles. Basically, what this means is that she's not looking at a person and saying, oh, this person is always a leader or this person is always a follower. Instead, she's looking at the roles that we play in a conversation that emerge throughout the conversation and really depend on the context rather than depend on the person. The last term I wanted to define is in the title of the episode, and that's the word lurker. Now, you may have heard the term lurker before, but in this episode, we're specifically talking about group work activities. And a lurker is a group member who stays silent most of the time, listens to everything that's being said, and then later in the conversation might actually switch into a different role to start contributing. Okay, that's enough definitions and talking from me. Let's jump into the episode with Dr. Nia Dowell. There's tons of different ways that lurking can be useful. You're allowing space for people that have the expertise that's needed at that time for that portion of the problem to have the space to, uh, to articulate themselves and to contribute while you absorb that information, right? And so then you're ingraining that information in your own expertise so that when later on in the conversation, you can start to provide the group with your expertise, but also situated within everybody else's expertise that's already shared. Hello, and welcome to Learning Machine, a podcast about education in the 21st century. Each week, we interview a researcher, practitioner, or policy expert as we look for answers to the big questions about the future of education. I'm Nathan Levin, here with my bon ami and co-host, Sam Squalacci. The voice you just heard for today's episode was Dr. Nia Dowell, a learning analytics researcher who does fascinating work with her team at the Language and Learning Analytics Lab at the University of California, Irvine. Her research explores the intersections between technology and teaching, learning, and education, with a particular focus on collaborative engagement. On today's episode, we will be asking the question, what does effective collaboration sound like? And learning from Nia Dowell about the ways she and her team are using computerized natural language processing to unpack the mysteries of discourse. Support and inspiration for Learning Machine comes from our listeners. If you've got a minute and want to let us know what you think of our work, visit our website at www.learningmachinepodcast.com. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Can a computer detect whether or not we're having an engaging conversation? 
And if we're collaboratively solving a problem, can a computer detect how effectively we are collaborating? Nia's research is focused on the mysteries of language, discourse, and successful collaboration. She uses the tools of learning analytics as her primary praxis. In the quote at the beginning of the episode, Nia is talking about the idea of productive lurking. She says two things that I found really fascinating. First, she talks about how lurking gives other team members who have expertise the space they need to take the lead. Second, she says that lurking means that when you do contribute or share your expertise, you actually contribute more because you're building on what your teammates have already said. Collaboration is a 21st century skill. Teachers are constantly devising classroom protocols to facilitate productive conversations. And yet more often than not, these conversations end up putting students or these protocols put students in assigned roles where they're forced to play this static role such as leader, note taker, or naysayer. Nia's work actually suggests that the roles we play in successful collaborative work need to be dynamic. I'm reminded of the phrase, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Nia's research indicates that effective teams elevate the performance of each individual, and she's interested in why. Nathan and I are going to have like a super awesome conversation, uh, podcast interview, and I'm going to walk away and I'm going to feel fantastic. Like I'm going to feel like, oh my God, I want to talk to that guy every week. I can't wait till the next time or when I get to see him at a conference. Or we can have, for no fault, probably on either either one's part, but I could we could have a really lackluster conversation, walk away and be like, oh my God, I'm glad that's over. What's next, right? And sort of the things, the, the behaviors that sort of ultimately lead to those two different outcomes really fascinates me. In order to quantify human interaction, which is extremely difficult to do, Nia is using something called natural language processing, or NLP. Uh, well, first of all, I've developed an entire methodology, like a natural language processing methodology, to to quantify and characterize sociocognitive processes during conversation, during multi-party conversation. And so it's really different, and we can get into that perhaps later, um, the methodology of, of different NLP approaches and that it's it really taps into the temporal structure of conversation instead of taking things in isolation, like everything that Nathan said during the podcast and everything that Nia said separately. It really gets at the interdependency that's in that makes up conversation. Nia is being modest, but what she is describing is actually pretty groundbreaking. Never before in human history have we been capable of processing entire conversations and categorizing behavior. In order to do this, she's not only looking at what was said, but really analyzing what I would best describe as the dynamics of communication. Was something said three minutes ago that was connected to a thought I'm raising right now? Did we restate some idea back and forth multiple times before arriving at the best solution? Did one of our team members actually contribute sparingly, but each time they contributed sparked a progression in the team's understanding? Natural language processing can take a conversation and analyze individual behaviors and then build a model of this interaction. And then Nia and her team take these models and use them to classify different roles that people are playing during the conversation. By using those to derive several different theoretically grounded measures of that interaction and then using that information to, for instance, reveal like the roles that individuals are occupying in a team interaction. So am I being like a follower or am I being, you know, an influential actor 
um, and all of these things. And that's to say that it's not that if these aren't trait-based characteristics that we're picking up on, instead they're really emergent in that they're emerging out of the organic or out of the interaction style with our our teammates and also what we're bringing to the table that day, the shared history that we have with our interactional partners, the context that we're in, all of these things sort of dictate who we are in a given situation. This has huge implications for education and beyond. Context and group makeup are determining factors in the roles we play. Teachers know this, so they strategically group students for learning activities based on ability. But rarely are teachers also taking into account student identity. The take-home message here is that productive collaboration comes in a variety of forms. And we as a society need to expand our definition of contribution. We need to stop perpetuating the fallacy that talking more means contributing more. Our research has shown that, you know, for effective or beneficial team outcomes, it's not like you want a team of five drivers. And in fact, that's not good. What you really want is a, you know, a a team with perhaps a, a driver, more diversity in roles. A, a team with a driver and maybe a follower and maybe even a lurker. There's lots of research, you know, showing the, that lurking is not always bad. Uh, and also some review studies have looked at that. Uh, maybe a lurker and maybe even like a, I think there's this role that I call socially detached because that was the most academic and less offensive way to put it. But this person is, and we've all collaborated with this person before. This person is the highest, probably the highest participator in in the team. And imagine like a bar graph here. So you're super high participation. But if you look at the sociocognitive uh, metrics, like the social, I mean, the responsivity, social impact, internal cohesion, like all of those things, super low on all of them. They're super low on responsivity. So they're talking a ton, but it's not in response to anybody else in the team. They're also talking a ton, but it's not being picked up by other members of the team. So I don't know. And their internal cohesion is also pretty high, suggesting that these individuals are really just like pushing their own agenda, perhaps. It's one interpretation. And usually they have a, a good amount of new newness in terms of like, so they're, these people are probably speaking about off topic thing. I mean, it depends on the context and the, of the data we're, that we're exploring, obviously, but you can see how these would be perhaps disruptive individuals. But, you know, conflict isn't always bad for a team. If anything, having these individuals in a team with otherwise productive members can actually looks like it can be good because it kind of brings it forces other people to try harder to stay on track, stay focused. And and they're because of that, you know, extra effort, um, it ultimately results in better outcomes for those individuals, not necessarily for the socially detached learner. Even the distracting loudmouth person that's contributing almost too much can be an important component of elevating a team's performance. Perhaps the real question we should be asking here is what does an effective collaborative experience look like for each student rather than for all students? And in what context does that student seem to be flourishing? Nia goes on to describe some of her findings which indicate the impact of race and gender on the collaborative roles people play. It can be difficult as an educator, though, to make use of this research because it seems like the knowledge being offered is essentially that different roles work for different groups in different contexts, which is completely true, but also so ambiguous that it's basically a useless piece of information. I want to do that with actual NLP-based, you know, sociocognitive measures 
and lived experiences, because then we can use those measures to say, okay, can we actually predict critical moments within an interaction when we could intervene, right? I want to make sure that I stress something really important. I don't think that we'll just focus on gender right now, but I don't think that uh, this is actually a product of people being, the majority of the time, this is actually a product of people being like a jerk, right? It's not like male students are, are out there like just trying to be not great interactional partners. I think it's that people are not aware and they're not, they're never taught, right? These are, for lack of a better phrasing, 21st century skills, like collaboration, communication, creativity, they, they have all of this cross-disciplinary importance, but it's not like there's a class on this. And I think just even perhaps like having systems that are able to bring it to, into somebody's awareness, like I think it would make Nathan, even like even this conversation, we're like, oh, I'm really reflecting on my interview style. It's like just even being aware that like, hey, this is a thing can really uh, go a long way, I think, in improving interactions for everybody. And hopefully they'll, you know, the experiences for groups of people that are underrepresented. However, Nia clarifies that even just raising awareness that we all play different roles in different contexts can help support students to become better collaborators. Another huge thing um, that would be really relevant for teachers um, is, and this is a little bit coming out of, it's both the inclusion-focused research, but just the overall research, um, is giving, incorporating feedback for students, like generic feedback, just sort of like a quick reflection prior to an interaction, right? Um, People don't know how to collaborate. Um, And (laughs) that's, that's something really, I mean, it sounds really simple, but it's super important uh, that's come out of our research. Like students, regardless of the, like younger students, college age students, um, they, they don't know how to, they're not born with these abilities to collaborate appropriately, to communicate appropriately. Um, and I think something as simple, it's not always that we need like, you know, really complex natural, like artificial intelligence based feedback. Um, though our lab is exploring that, it, we don't always need that. It could be as simple as, having teachers put up a thing like a a blog style link thing for students to read prior to an interaction about like eight top ways of being a good collaborator um and this is this is for all teachers right so this is not just this is like it is far too easy to assume that the same student will participate in the same way every day Nia's research indicates that the roles we play are what she describes as emergent instead of trait-based. In other words, a student's behavior is much more based on the situation they're in than on some permanent feature of their personality. The implication for teachers is that participation can take a variety of forms, and giving students opportunities to try on different roles in different contexts might foster more successful collaboration than assigning students static roles. The stereotypical ways that we approach engagement, I think, should be rethought. Because I think if, of the many things our research has shown, it's that participation isn't everything. It is meaningful. It is a meaningful indicator for a number of important things about team interaction, about individual students. But it's not the only thing. And there, there are several different ways of um, engaging that are equally as meaningful for students in terms of their learning, in terms of their problem-solving skills, and also the teams that they're in. So we explore things on both the individual student, like how, like learning games, right? You know, for instance, uh, and also on the team level. So like 
team level outcome measures. Uh, there, there are several different deeper levels of engaging, meaningful ways of engaging in terms of uh, inter and interpersonal engagement behaviors that go beyond just how, how many words did you contribute. Over the past year, how many students have thrived in remote learning when their camera was off? How many students are dead silent in math class, but become vocal leaders in the context of an after-school club? How often have you felt the need to fill the silence in your classroom because you're supposed to be the expert? Or have you ever found yourself with nothing to say at a dinner party because you don't feel comfortable with something one of the guests is talking about? Context matters. Innumerable factors influence the roles that we play. If I took one thing away from my conversation with Dr. Nia Dowell, it was that a little more listening, a little self-awareness, and a little more lurking can make us all better collaborators. Our guest today was Dr. Nia Dowell. Although she told me that she has not written a book yet, she does have a Twitter handle where you can follow her work. She's at Nia Dowell. That's N-I-A. D-O-W-E-L-L. This week, your homework is to spend some time deliberately considering the role you play in a conversation. Tweet out something you said or did that really improved or didn't improve the conversation and tag us. I'm Nathan Levin. And I'm Sam Scolacci. You can find us at www.learningmachinepodcast.com. Thanks for listening. You know, they say the hardest steel is forged in the hottest fire. But some students are not trying to be steel. They are gold or mercury, and in the right environment, combined with the right elements, they can achieve success. Okay, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again.